Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur. You have been following my journey for one year now and I really appreciate you for it. You've been my company in the good and in the bad moments. And I've also interviewed a lot of other bootstrappers. Bootstrappers that, like me, were just starting. Today, I want to bring them back to the show. I want to see where they are now and what were the struggles and biggest achievements in the past year. These two guests end up becoming members of the WB space. Their names, Kavya and Luca. Let's say hi. Hi, Tiago. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been quite a journey. In fact, I'm so glad that you DM'd me on Twitter uh, to ask me about the interview uh, last year. And um, after I got the glimpse of uh, WB space, I realized that there are so many other people out there from different parts of the world who are going through similar journeys. Do you think that the community somehow solved the problem of uh, loneliness and, and feeling lonely? Yes, for sure, because I'm so used to having um, colleagues and I'm also yeah. a bit extroverted. So suddenly to um, have nobody to speak to and then I'm working on this thing on by myself. And right. uh, the work itself is uh, challenging because there is no set rules or set ways to go about my work, right? And this was Kavya from episode 160. She is building Resume Pro, a tool that allows you to create beautiful resumes using Markdown. She joined the community not long after our first interview. And now, let's hear from Luca. Where is your uh, WB mug? Do you, do, you, do you end up buying it or no? Yeah, yeah, I have the, the mug and a t-shirt. You have a t-shirt? Yeah, too. Did you ever use it? Uh, yes, multiple times. Really? Yeah, I should make a picture, you know. Yes, of course. <laughs> How are you? I'm very tired, Tiago. <laughs> temperatures are hitting high records, I suppose, this period. So it's really difficult to work in general. I met Luca in episode 186. And both him and Kavya have been my friends. We've been following each other's journey in the WB space. And having them here was a great opportunity to ask their thoughts on the community. How is it helping them become better bootstrappers? I hope that we can meet the rest of the community members as well sometime in the future. But then yeah. again, we're spread out across the world. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my dream, you know. Yeah. I, I like the fact that it's a virtual community because I can bring it with me anywhere I go. Mm -hmm. But I, I do miss, um, as an extrovert myself as well, right? Uh, yeah. I do miss just being in the same room as other people. Mm -hmm. um, and just now a friend of mine was here and I was, uh, we we're going working from like co-working spaces and coffee places and just being surrounded by other people working, you know, it energizes me. And I yeah. would love the community, the WB space to be like, to grow to a point where you can meet WB members anywhere you go. Uh, and then you could just like do meetups of WB members in, in Singapore or in Lisbon or Berlin. Uh, I think this would be extremely fun. So you're already on track to do that. Not too far. What, what was the benefit of being part of the WB space in these last seven months? I mean, for me, it was super beneficial because, um, 
I started doing this journey basically alone because nobody my my local niche, let's say, so mm-hmm. friends, family, and girlfriend, and so on, they don't know anything about indie hacking, right? Right. So I didn't have the opportunity to talk with this with with nobody, uh, basically. And so being part of the community and all the members are doing a similar journey and uh, they are kickstarting a new project. Some of them are full-time, others are on the side like me. So it was super beneficial for me to be part of this, uh, of this community and, uh, yeah, and get new ideas and get feedback and I can ask questions and get valuable, uh, replies back. I mean, it's, uh, it's incredible, and also to see the stories of others. So yeah. They shared their successes, their failures, and so on. And it's, uh, I think, it's somehow it's also motivating. And what is the difference between doing that on Twitter and doing that in the community? It's similar, but in the community, you always interact with the same people, and I think yeah. we go more in the details in the community, yeah. while while on Twitter. It's less in depth, yeah. On Twitter, you need you have the algorithm in between you and your audience, right? Mm-hmm. So it can be that if you stop using Twitter for a while or stop interacting, then like people would just not see your your updates. Whereas mm-hmm. in the community, they will always see you. Like there's no algorithm in between. I think that makes a huge difference. I'm much more relaxed relaxed in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Twitter, I always have this feeling that like, I need to, I need to tweet, and I, I get nervous if I don't get enough likes yes. uh, or I don't reach to people. So it's great when you have great um, engagement, but it's shit when you don't. In the community, uh, you own, you have less reach, of course, because you only have the community members, but you always have that reach, right? And and they know you. It's it's, it's, it's great. That's a very good point, definitely. There's no better feeling than hearing your customers that are also your friends describing how much they like your work and your products. It's something that I've never felt when I was working for others and something that I surely missed. After knowing how much the community influenced their journey as indie makers, I wanted to know how much they were able to grow. Do you remember what was your MRR for a resume in uh, September 2021? September 2021, probably around roughly, roughly around forty dollars. Yeah, forty four zero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, about there. Yeah. And what is it now? It's um, it's been consistently doing above two fifty dollars. Um, some months it's three hundred, three fifty, four hundred right. even in January, wow. but it keeps fluctuating. In less than a year, Kavya was able to grow her MRR from forty dollars to a top of. That's 10 times more. And keep in mind that her product does not have a subscription fee. So every month they have to go out and find new customers. Let's hear from Luca now. Do you remember your MRR when we first uh, talked uh, regarding to like from Ivoy? Sure. I don't know. It was like uh, 10 10 euros. Or I think you didn't even have implemented the... payment method no okay so, so it was really... actually zero or something back then I, I remember you implemented afterwards um, <laughs> and then you gave like a discount to the WBE but I, I remember yeah. back then you, you it was still not there and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now what is your MRR still it's uh, 150 euros which is yeah. amazing I mean yeah, in, in exactly. seven months 
you are now making 150 euros extra yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know besides yeah. because you you also have a, a full-time job in a couple of months luca was able to go from zero to 150 euros mrr and keep in mind that he still has a full-time job i asked him about it and he told me that he only spends five hours per week on his indie making projects that's crazy both kavi and i are doing this full-time now let's talk about how they were able to acquire all of these paying customers what what has been the process of uh, acquiring new customers for a resume so it started out with a product hunt launch um sometime in december last year uh, 2021 and that brought in a lot of traffic uh, but it was only for a short period of time it's a one time effort so right. then uh, we had to then think about what are the other more uh, consistent ways of getting uh, traffic to our website. Yeah. So um, we shortlisted a few. One was digital marketing, which is like social media marketing, actually, to be specific, on right. Facebook, on um, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Then the second was ads. So we ran ads on Google and, and Facebook, Instagram. And then mm -hmm. the third was blog. So we started blogging. So we have created a blog. So these were the three main areas that we thought we could focus on. Which one has been working the best so far? Um, I would say SEO, organic search, is definitely working the best for us. In fact, um, it's quite well optimized for keywords like Markdown Resume or mm -hmm. Markdown CV. Mm, so we've been getting a lot of traffic. And also the intent is high when they search they are yeah. exactly searching and they find find us and and a lot of times we get a lot of positive feedback also this is exactly what we were looking for yeah. you know thank you so much but um we when we ran ads especially for for meta uh, which is both facebook and instagram combined so they have a new uh, business suite now okay. where we can run the ads together um that didn't work out well for us because we got a lot of clicks but they were highly ill. Yeah. I remember that you even uh, had like a consultant, someone that helped you and tried to, someone from Google, right? That tried to, to give you some tips on how to Im improve your conversion. Yes, that was for Google. So we started running Google ads about a very lean budget of about 200 US dollars a month because okay. we were making about 400 at that time. So we thought, okay, let's put 50% of our um, revenue into uh, revenue and also profit because our costs right. are very low. Yeah, so into uh, running Google Ads. And uh, we, yeah, we selected a few, we did keyword research, we selected a few things that we wanted to run the ads for. Um, and yeah, we, I also got on a call with a consultant from Google um, but then what I learned was, he said, ah, the budget is too less for for mm -hmm. any impactful yeah. result. So then when I asked him, okay, what's the ideal budget you would re recommend? And he said, about 2000 US dollars a month. Wow. And not just for one month. He said, you need to consistently run the ads for a couple of months to see some uh, good results. I have had my share of uh, paying ads in this past year. And... I have the same opinion. They just do not work. I think they are just not meant for bootstrappers. Normally they are meant for VC companies, companies that have a big marketing budget. 
And funny enough, Luca had the same experience. I did a Google um, campaign, yeah, ads, and um, I think I. What was really yeah frustrating is that I set an um, a budget, a maximum yeah. budget for the yeah. expenses. I don't know how uh, the expenses went definitely uh, up Over. that limit. And really. So, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit uh, okay. This is a bit unfair. <laughs> How much did you pay? Um, I think one hundred and something euros. Okay. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, I don't know. It was not bringing that much traffic and not that conversions, to be honest. So it was not worth the expense um, right. from my experience. So I just stopped doing it and say, let's focus on Twitter because it's more in target with the product and uh, maybe let's focus a bit more on SEO. So I, I wrote a couple of articles on the blog of 5OE and let's see. What, what have you learned f- from Google Ads that actually made a huge difference in increasing your conversion? The conversion? I think we, we haven't had a lot of problem with converting as such when people come to our website, but it's about finding the right person. So it's right. still, I think the problem still lies in user acquisition. So mm-hmm. are we targeting the right kind of users? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's not a lot I would change on the website itself, uh, apart from, of course, like some minor changes here and there, but but not a lot because the, the users that we have acquired, we have gotten a lot of positive feedback. And um, yeah, so it's just about finding the right user with the right intent. As Kavi said, Now she's happy with the way her landing page looks. She's confident that if the right user comes to that page, they will convert. But reaching that point, reaching the perfect landing page is hard work. We have to get a lot of feedback from target users and from people that have never seen the website before. Through multiple iterations, Luca was able to find what are the critical components that each landing page must have. Let's listen. A strong um, headline that is going to communicate really clearly the outcome and the benefits that the user will, uh, will get. Mm-hmm. Uh, super important to have social proof. Okay. So to show up that someone is, uh, is using and is happy using your, your product and um, people need to pay attention how they're doing social proof because sometimes they look a bit fake, especially mm-hmm. when they're not linking, you know, tweets or LinkedIn posts or whatever. So they are just hard coded in the page. Right. It's my feeling that I don't know if I, I can trust that uh, social proof or not. And then to show up um, uh, a bit the features or the outcome and the benefits and so on. And at the end, to put a um, strong call to action uh, on top yeah. and at the bottom of the page. At, okay. at the bottom is super important because users will scroll your page and look at it. Yeah. And when they reach the end, if you don't have a, co- a clear call to action, you will lose a lot of conversions. And now that they have shared what they have learned, it's time to get more personal, to go through the frustrations and the things that uh, kept them awake at night. Let's start with Gavia. 
probably getting sidetracked or getting lost, uh, you know, going down a rabbit hole um, in one of the areas where if I feel it's not working, then it's best to move on to another experiment or another mm -hmm. uh, initiative, right? But sometimes it's very easy to get lost in in uh, one a one of the areas. Like, for example, I tried social media marketing. I tried to do, like, you know, those posts with, like, images and some tips and some other things which right. I can post from the company page um, uh, at regular intervals. I did that for two months, uh, but it took a lot of my time. And mm. I, I don't know if I would um, do it that way, you know, going forward. I would probably like write blogs first, which is our number one priority for SEO. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can pull up some tips from those blogs and then convert that to, to a social media post. Exactly. So, so that's something uh, that I learned. And I think that was, that was a challenge to not let myself get lost in something that's not working. Um, so I need to know also when to stop pushing in certain direction. Right. Yeah. Did that uh, affect you somehow mentally uh, to just push too much into one direction and just getting exhausted? Did you ever get some kind of burnout? Uh, more than burnout, I would say frustrated mm -hmm. because I'm not seeing results. And a lot of times um, it also uh, brings down the morale because you're. Uh, it's hard to be motivated when you don't get a lot of positive results. Yeah. 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 So, oh, yeah, that's kind of hard. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, that was the case. How do you overcome that? How do you bring your motivation back up? Uh, I took a day break in between and then mm. I sat down with my iPad. Then I started writing notes, trying to analyze what happened and what were the results, what were the number of impressions, likes, and how much time I actually put into all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, that's when I realized that it's a it's a whole different game to keep running the social media posts over and mm -hmm. over again. So then just analyzing the effort that I put in, or is there a better way to do this, which is when I came up with the idea of just converting blogs into smaller chunks. Right. And, yeah. So, yeah, it's just taking that break kind of helped. That one day where I just don't do anything and then come back to, to my iPad yeah. and then think. Yeah, I, I find the same. Uh, I find that sometimes we get into this autopilot mode, just trying everything and doing posts and reading blog posts and try to, to figure out how to improve things. But uh, sometimes taking a step back and uh, even taking a break and then taking a step back and what you just mentioned, writing down our steps and, and try to plan ahead is something that really, really helps. I, I try to do that quite often. It's always mm -hmm. also very a very an anxious time for me because when you're planning, and I think we spoke about this before, as an entrepreneur, there's no one telling you what to do. There's no right path because this right path doesn't exist, right? So uh, as a, when I was a developer, I mean, they would give me a task, right, to implement a certain feature. And I mean, it's quite clear what you have to do. You need to implement that feature and figure out a way to implement that feature. Sometimes it's not obvious. Sometimes you need to Google. Sometimes you need to ask. But the path is already, you already know what you have to do is to implement that feature. And that's your goal. But for us, 
we don't really know. We know that we want to get paid. We want to get more users, but how we get there is not clear, right? So exactly. I get super anxious on that. Like, I don't know what to do because I know that I have limited time um, until I ran out of savings. So mm -hmm. I know that each one, if I decide to focus now the next month in SEO, it means that I won't be focusing on Twitter, for example. And I, I do get anxious, even in the planning. I, I know it's really important, but I really get anxious on like knowing what to do. Um, do, do you feel the same? Yeah, I do feel the same. I, I totally get it. And also when I um, look at other indie hackers posting on Twitter or anywhere else, um on like that mrr <laughs> i do get kind of like uh, anxious i wouldn't say jealous right. uh, it's not jealousy but it's more of me feeling anxious that hey i'm missing out like what am i not doing or am i not doing enough like why am yeah. i not growing as fast as these other indie hackers and yeah yeah that that kind kind of um, affect uh, my mental health for sure yeah the same for me exactly the same for me and of course that it's it's funny because then i i posted on on twitter i did a poll and i asked um how much what what is your mrr and i i, I had multiple options mm -hmm. and i realized that 50 percent so 80 people answered and 50 percent of them were making less than 10 bucks mm -hmm. mrr and about i think 80 percent were making less than uh, 500 but it does not seem that way when you see all of these posts and everything going around on social media and Twitter specifically. You see people making tons of money, right? Yes. Even even recently, I, I've I've seen, um, for example, a very a very specific example for my case, uh, Anthony from mm -hmm. Indie Worldwide. He started. Yes, so I have like for the for the for my. For the WB space, there's two main, let's say, competitors. There's the Indie Worldwide and there's uh, Raman Club. Mm -hmm. And the Indie Worldwide was a free community. And recently, he converted it to a paid community. And his MRR is growing like crazy, right? So he started with almost like nothing. And every week, he is, I think he is now almost close to 1,000. And I was oh, like, wow. oh my God, like he's doing exactly the same thing as myself, right? It's it's very similar. And in one week, he was able to go from like whatever, 200 to 800, which is something that took me months and months. And, and now I'm like in reaching 500. So I get so, yeah, mm -hmm. I guess a little bit jealous and... Uh, and also, I, I I question myself a lot, like what am I doing wrong? And and that imposter syndrome really kicks in. You probably can see yourself in what both Kavya and I shared in this little snippet. It was not easy to listen to this, but it is completely true. Even though after one year of doing this, I'm more used to it, and the anxiety levels are lower. It's still hard to wrap my head around the fact that I don't have a steady paycheck. I wonder if it is different for Luca, since he's doing this on the side and has a full-time job. Let's hear it. How does it feel like to be a part-time indie maker? Uh, is this something that you still love? Is this something that you want to continue doing uh, or, or not so much? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to continue uh, and keep pushing on, uh, on high volume and my products, definitely. 
Twitter and my products and so on. Because I think that, I mean, it's the, um, the lifestyle I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, the lifestyle of the Hindi hacker and working on my own stuff and take my own decisions. And, uh, and I like a lot to engage with people on Twitter, by the way. So <laughs> it's not, uh, yeah, it's not hard for me, let's say. Um, of course, it's super hard, especially now in summer. I'm really feeling hard for the summer. I'm not really productive in this period, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I want to keep pushing constantly. Yes. You're not productive in your job or in Highway? In general. In, in general. general. Okay. Yes. Do you have plans to to maybe think on going full time? Or do you have like a target one on your MRR that you made you made made you think, okay, I, I can go now full time in the hack? I think that uh, yeah, I really would like to go full on this. Um, I don't know exactly when and if it will occur because I didn't make the calculations yet, but um, I mean, I would like to take the decision in a moment in which I know that it could be sustainable because if I do it right now, I have a lot of expenses, you know, the bills, mm -hmm. as we said, to pay. If I do it now, probably I will consume all my savings in six months from now. It will, not, it will be not sustainable for me right. still to, to stay full on my, on my yeah. products. So my plan is to wait a bit more when hopefully the MRR will, will be a bit higher. Mm -hmm. And then even if it will not cover all my expenses, I can the decide to run away. Yeah. Yeah. I can decide to, to switch and, mm -hmm. uh, and go full on it. Yeah. Um, because I see a, a growth path, right? Yeah. That's great. Do you remember any frustrations you, you had uh, so far? Anything that you, you felt really down or sad or demotivated? Mm. I think that something happened. So I'm not really sure. So basically, it was a frustration, but it turned into something really useful. So at a certain point, um, on Twitter, I was posting a lot of web development content, also threads. Yeah. It was taking a lot of time for me because I like to create those pictures, illustrations with all the stuff inside. And it was taking a lot of time for me to prepare that content. At a certain point, I noticed that threads were not working very well on Twitter. To be honest, I noticed that a lot of other people on Twitter stopped doing threads, a lot of mm -hmm. threads. So probably it was something really common. So what I started doing, I said, okay, let me stop doing content because it's not working anymore. Let me try something different. So I started um, focusing on building public and posting those, you know, engagement tweets, like mm -hmm. asking questions or sharing what I'm doing and so on. And then I noticed that this is working much better <laughs> yeah. compared to the pure content. And so, yeah. So, so you took the frustration, but yeah. instead of like giving up, you you had this mindset of like, okay, let's try to do something else that works. Yeah, yeah. Even though sometimes it might seem that you are the only one having this kind of frustrations, that's absolutely wrong. People are not very comfortable on sharing these kind of feelings on Twitter or indie hackers, but believe me, they are there. One good thing about both Luca and Kavya is that they're able to take a step back 
and uh, rest and bring more energy and motivation towards those frustrations. They are able to find different paths. As an e-maker, this is crucial. You need to be always questioning things and trying different approaches. We know for sure that most likely you won't be right at your first try. It almost never happens. So you need to just keep on pushing. But that's enough on speaking about the frustrations. Let's speak about the great things, the winnings, the victories that they both had during this journey. And Kavya and her husband have one personal victory that they are very happy with. They are expecting a baby. How does expecting a baby changing things? Because for me, myself, this makes me so nervous, right? Um, you know, me and my partner also think about that, but it also gets me super nervous because um, it seems that like all my priorities will change. And from our friends and, and family that already have babies, I know that their prior priorities change. And at, at the moment, most of my time is focused on uh, on my projects and uh so does this scare you it does to be frank <laughs> and also it's not just now like i mean we don't have a baby yet right, uh, right. now that i'm pregnant um it's also a, a big change for me something that i hadn't expected would be to this extent something i was not mentally prepared for mm -hmm. like for example i'm much more exhausted these days much easily mm. tired so yeah. then the time i dedicate um, to resume pro and my other initiatives has gone down drastically right so that is one aspect the amount of time i can dedicate but the second is also uh, the anxiety has gone up in terms of um, you know increasing the revenue soon so the money aspect as well right, uh, right? like uh, how do i increase uh, you know the the mrr without having to put in a lot of effort during these next few months. Right. So what I noticed is that um, in the past two, three months, I've not been actively working on marketing a lot, um, given my current circumstances. But mm -hmm. we still had consistently uh, gotten revenue of $250 or more without doing anything actively. Right. So the idea is that I want to bring it up further. So say by the time the baby is here or I need to you know, take that maternity break, Mm -hmm. uh, we're still getting in that uh, revenue consistently. Right, right. So that's the second challenge. Even though there's no true passive income, we sure can automate a lot of the aspects of our business. And this is great because it means that we can take some time off and still be producing value and making money. This is great for Kavya and her husband that are now expecting a baby. Now let's get into the victories that Luca was able to achieve in this past year. And there's a lot of them. He did a great product hunt launch and he got mentioned by some big Twitter accounts. Let's hear it. So you got mentioned by Simon Oidberg, which was one of the reasons why you started in the making, right? Like you, you followed mm -hmm. him a lot. You learned a lot from him being yeah. mentioned as like one of the top tools or like one of the must have Twitter tools. How did you get it? I reached out in the in the past to Simon because uh, he's doing very very well, not only on Twitter but on many social media platforms. He has a product really successful, and it started just um, one one year and a half ago. So it's great. 
And then I interacted a bit with him publicly on, on his tweets and so on. So I started this way to probably be noticed uh, a bit. And um, I don't know exactly how that happened, but just by interacting with him during the time and being consistent and so on. So he probably noticed that I was posting content about web development like him. So maybe there was a kind of empathy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that happened. And so then you're, just, you're speaking through uh, DMs on Twitter. Yeah, a bit through DMs in Twitter and publicly mm-hmm. on, on the public tweets. Yeah, mm-hmm. just that. And then uh, he, he prepared, he created a thread about the tools to be used to be productive on Twitter. And one of the tools was Highboy, actually. So I was super excited about it. So um, you didn't ask him for it. You just spoke no. about your products, what you're doing. Yes. And then he liked it and he decided to speak about it. Yeah. I think it, a lot of things happen on Twitter, let's say, organically. So by it's a kind of networking effect, right? Mm. So I, I didn't push for anything, but if you build stuff in public, sooner or later people will notice you. And if it's something interesting for them, they will promote you somehow. Mm-hmm. So it was very yeah. good. Another good opportunity was, um, you know, Typefully, the product to schedule no. tweets. Okay. okay. Typefully, basically, it's another really successful tool, really well designed, uh, made by two Italian guys, by the way. Okay. Uh, but we didn't interact that much in the past. Um, but they prepared a, um, a giveaway. So they were giving um, free licenses to the winners of this giveaway. Mm-hmm. And one of the licenses was for Highway. So three three lifetime licenses. That was wow. another great way to yeah to promote the product somehow. That's cool. How how did it feel when uh, Simon spoke about your tool? Like uh, you just like open Twitter. You I guess you saw a lot of notifications and uh, like, how did it feel? Yeah yeah definitely it was it was super super exciting super exciting. I mean to to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't see a huge spike in the number of users of no. uh, our customers and so on. But definitely, it's something that is part of the process, right? So you build in public, Simon speak about your products, so you gain some kind of mm-hmm. reputation and so on. And uh, one piece with another maybe will lead to a new customer. Yeah, yeah. And um, now let's go to the product hunt launch because that mm-hmm. was also a success. Uh, and we have done a lot of uh, product hunt launches in the in the WB recently, and I think all of them were quite a success. All of them were like in the top five or so, which is really great. And even for my launch, I learned a lot from yours. Uh, so that's what I, what I like about the community. Like we can learn a lot from each other. Um, you got, I think, top uh, five was it? Five, five uh, product of the, of the yeah. day, correct. And correct. Uh, so tell me, like. How did you do it? And uh, tell me about like the the whole like a summary of the the whole experience. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I I wanted to prepare this product count lunch well, mm-hmm. um, as better as possible for my possibilities, because basically all I've been doing the last year and so on, like building an audience and so on. I knew that. That was a fundamental part for the success of, of a launch on Product yeah. Hunt. Mm-hmm. Because I noticed that most of the time, the success of the launch on Product Hunt 
it's really not for the quality of the product per se, but it's for the the audience and the community that yeah. you have been able to build in the previous months, years, and so on. And uh, and so basically, I um, spent two or three days actually preparing the lunch, and then mm -hmm. I spent the whole the, the whole day of the lunch being super active. Yeah. Um, so why it took two or three days? I think that there are teams or people that spend even longer in the preparation steps because that the better you prepare it, um, the maximum are the possibilities to to success to have success. So basically, I prepared a lot of content. Um, of course, I prepared the first comment for the product hunt launch. I had to prepare the images for the product hunt page. Uh, some articles to be posted um, during the um, the lunch day on you know on any hackers on Reddit, Twitter, yeah. of course. I published um, a tweet the day before asking for support on the day of the lunch yeah. and make people aware that the day after that would have been the lunch of, uh, of Highboy, because you know on Twitter, if you just tweet once, you don't know if people will get it. Yeah. Because yeah. the timeline is really crowded. Exactly. During the day of the of the lunch, actually, I spent the whole day um, replying to the comments on the product hunt page and posting hourly updates on Twitter in order to keep the thread up yeah. in the in the timeline. And uh, did you DM people asking for support? Yeah, I think that I DM some people asking for support, but only those that, um, let's say, uh, accepted to be contacted the day before. Yeah. You know how I did it in my in my launch? Um, so for, like, I was using Ivoy, obviously, and uh, in Ivoy, a lot of people that followed me, the, I only contacted the ones that uh, returned my welcome message. Mm -hmm. Because I know that these are already people that we I spoke with. So actually, Ivo, in that regard, was also super useful for that. Because then I, I was like, okay, this person answered me, this person answered me, so they will probably support me. So I just mm -hmm. messaged them. Mm -hmm. um, I could have used the other uh, automation, by the way, I, I guess. But for that, then I needed to create a list. So it was easier to just like, copy-paste and go through it. Yes. Uh, but then there was also a great filter for me to see um, the, the people that were had higher chances of uh, you know supporting mm -hmm. me and engaging yeah. with me it's been less than a year then i spoke with kavia and luca and they both have learned so much and grown so much in their indie hacking career it's amazing to witness and i'm really glad to have them as wb members because that way i can follow their journey one thing is for sure going full-time indie hacking changes your perspective in life but but you know something interesting like um i now because i i do not understand how developers make so much money so my, all mm -hmm. my friends now are making tons of money in comparison with what i'm making um they are getting uh, raises and all of that and of course i feel jealous right like when they tell me that they're, they're making 80 200k a year mm -hmm. right and, and I think about that and I think, oh my God, how can a company pay so much to one single employee? It's crazy because I think how hard it is for me to reach 500 MRR. 
Like it's so much work. It's so much like sweat and tears and everything for 500 MRR. How are they like able to pay 100K a year to one single employee? It's something that it's, it's absurd for me. I know, right? And I think yeah. that a lot of these companies do have uh, funding or backing from these VCs. I don't know how many of these companies are profitable. But there are companies that are profitable doing that, right? So yeah, that's for true. me, it's like, wow, absurd, absurd, absurd. It's One uh, day, Tiago. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Like, that's it. Like, now I go, I go to the supermarket or I, I take an, an Uber or whatever. And I think on how many clients do I need to have to pay this? <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I, I take an Uber and it's 10 bucks and I think, okay, that's one WB member per month. <laughs> that's how i think you know <laughs> so uh, your unit of measurement is uh one paid user yeah month. which which i like because i can really feel how much effort i need to put to to get an uber or to get a uh, dinner outside or something like that yeah. um it really puts things in perspective you really think you know you understand the value of you of your money somehow yeah, and, and you know, it's so much harder to get these $10. Like, they mean so much more than yeah. what we used to earn. Yeah, I would buy, like, cappuccinos, like, $5. Nothing <laughs> too much. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it was really nice um, catching up with you, Kavya. I think uh, it was really interesting to see also, like, how this uh, last year went and what you've learned and your struggles and your wins and what yeah what you've learned and everything so thank you so much for for catching up with us the wannabe entrepreneurs i had a great time tiago thank you for having me one one last question for you uh imagine that now you could go back seven months and speak with your older self what would you say to him well, to, to keep pushing to keep pushing because probably wasn't on, on a good path. And uh, something that, that I'm missing is to talk more with people about the product and asking more questions in general. Uh, but it's something I really would like to do. It's just that I don't know where, when to do that. <laughs> yeah. Cool, Luca. Thank you so much um, for coming to the podcast again. And uh, see you in the, in the next uh, seven months. Well, I see you tomorrow in the community i guess but uh, for the others uh let's keep on uh, updating you i think uh, let, i'll i'll bet that in the next when we talk again in seven months or eight months from now you'll be at least in 1k mrr oh i hope so you know one of the goals i set in the wb space is to reach 500 euros by the end of the year mm -hmm. so let's see yeah i think i think you'll get there I think you'll get there. <laughs> Thank you. I hope yeah. so. Thank you for having me, Tiago. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And this was my conversation with Kavya and Luca. Remember the last time we spoke? Yes, I say we because it was you as a listener, me as a host, speaking with Luca and Kavya. Back then, I didn't know them. But now, it felt really different. Now, it felt that we are friends. Because we have been sharing our journey for these past months. We were there for the good moments and the bad moments. And it feels great to have indie making friends. I don't feel as lonely anymore. And together with Luke and Kavi, there's many other members in WB space. 
If you want to support this podcast, as you know, I don't do any advertisement. I'm quite against that. So there's many other ways for you to make sure that this podcast continues to exist. You can become a member of the WB space and meet Kavya, Luca and all the others. It costs $10 per month and you'll be supporting not only your own projects, but as well this podcast. You can also acquire my guide. It's a bootstrapper's guide that will help you to find your first paying users. Besides that, you can also get the WB merch. We have t-shirts, mugs, and you can wearly proudly when you go out. People will know that you are a proud wannabe entrepreneur. Besides that, if you don't want to spend any money, tweet about the podcast and share it with your friends. This will make sure that I have more reach and uh, more people can listen to the wannabe entrepreneur. This was another wannabe entrepreneur episode. See you next time.